You're listening to episode 96 of IDRA Class Notes. The more you have, the more individuals that are involved, the more information can be brought in from these agencies as well. Or up to us, we wouldn't have that agency. We would rather that the students complete their education in a public school system, mm-hmm. but that doesn't always happen. Well, the idea of this coalition was that we can bring a resource from this particular group perspective, and when you bring all these uh, individuals together, then you have more opportunity to create change. Aurelio Montemayor, and this afternoon I'm going to be interviewing Jose Medrano, who's with the START Center. And Jose, the START Center stands for? START Center is South Texas Adult Resource and Training Center out of San Benito, Texas. And Jose, one of the reasons why we're really interested in interviewing you is because of the work you've done with a particular group, a committee that you're part of. IDRA has a Quality Schools Action Framework, and we see the different components that are required to transform our schools. One of the change strategies that we think is important is coalition building. You chair an education committee. Tell us about that. Well, the education committee, which is a committee that works with parents, and we are guided by IDRA, IDRA out of San Antonio. What we are trying to do is we are trying to empower and train our parents so that they have a voice in the education of their children. What organizations do you are represented in this committee? The organizations that are represented on this committee are uh, Arise, Proyecto Juan Diego, uh, the Start Center, uh, SCAN out of Rio Grande City. Uh, we have all of the other organizations uh, in the network um, that are also supporting us in this effort. And this network that's actually supported by the Marguerite Casey Foundation is called? The network in the valley is the Equal Voice Rio Grande Valley. And what is the importance of this committee that you're part of? How do you see as the importance of it? Well, what we think is the important factor here, uh, Aurelio, is that we are a voice which for many years, um, because of a number of, of reasons, the school system and the educational system has been kind of dictating to, to parents and families, this is, this is how we do things. And, and what we are trying to do out of this uh, committee is we are trying to uh, educate parents, first of all, create leaders uh, from this parental group, from this committee, from the PTAs that are forming from this committee, so that within the, their uh, distinct school districts all across the valley, they are able to uh, attend board meetings, uh, empower themselves, uh, create the leadership that uh, advocates for change because although parents are the first educators uh, in the family and, and they are supported by teachers, the, the parents and the families need to have uh, an equal voice in uh, decisions that are made at a local level, at a state level, and that at a federal level. And the Equal Voice Network in the Rio Grande Valley is just part of a national Equal Voice campaign. And so what we're doing in the Rio Grande Valley is something that we would like to see uh, duplicated all across the country. What are some of the challenges that you're seeing in South Texas with our public school systems? Well, a lot of the challenges that we're seeing is just basic education the parents don't have. We have a lot of working families that are our partners that are, that our agencies work with and work to help. 
but because they are not necessarily directly involved on an everyday basis in the school system, um, they don't have a lot of the, the knowledge, for example, for some of these house bills that are coming up, for some of the legislation that is coming up that is going to really impact their children, impact all of the families, the uh, poor uh, immigrant families that we serve. And so it's, it's incumbent upon agencies like ours, which is the START Center, and uh, committees like the Education Working Group to, to educate families, to educate those people that come to us on a daily basis about all the issues um, related to education and about all of the uh, upcoming legislation that, that could have a definite negative impact on the students that we serve. You know, one of the areas that I know you were uh, noted and you were interested in was uh, in the data that you look at was the high school completion rates and uh, children not finishing school. What, what do you see there is going on with that? Well, the first thing is that we, uh, and let me back up here, part of my education in, as, as chairman of this committee, part of uh, our education as the committee was to learn, was to get educated on well, what are the real issues that we need to deal with. Mm -hmm. And honestly, we didn't realize, basically because numbers can be skewed so much, what is the true dropout rate in Brownsville, in San Benito, in, in any one of the cities across the valley. And uh, when this was explained to us and when these numbers were brought forth and uh, we were talked to and, and educated about lever codes and all of these different slots where numbers can go into. Well, this was surprising to us. Mm -hmm. One is a resource center, two is a committee, and for the parents that have been involved with some of these issues and in some of these meetings, it was definitely an eye-opener to them. So we realized that if the schools are playing with numbers... It's like a shell game. It's right like there. a shell game. Yeah. And if we as parents and we as community members are not getting all of the true information... Uh, then there's a problem. And when we realized that there was a problem, this became time to, to move on this. And, and so we realized that all across the valley, all across South mm -hmm. Texas, in our community, uh, in our culture, that there is a, a problem with dropout rates. You know, we've been trying to redefine or the label from dropout to school holding power because we want the institution to, to be held responsible. What's interesting about that, Jose, is that you as a parent might have concerns about your child in school. A dropout rate is something that's for the whole school, and, and you need something like our coalition or a community group to take that lens, to look at the bigger picture. Absolutely. Your member organizations, have they been taking action? What is happening with your member organizations with this kind of information? Well, what we do uh, at the START Center, we have started what is called a small promotora group. So as we are educated and, and brought information, then we have, uh, as does Arise, as does Proyecto Juan Diego, as do all of the, uh, the agencies involved mm -hmm. in education, take this information, teach our promotoras, which are, which are the group that come constantly to the centers. They're like outreach workers. And they're our outreach. And uh -huh. so what they are is they are the voice for that individual mm -hmm. agency, but at the same time, it's the same voice with the same information mm -hmm. that is going out in the Colonia in Brownsville that's happening in the same Colonia in Alamo mm -hmm. or San Juan. And it's just uh, a matter of disseminating this information from point A to point mm -hmm. B, but as we have come to, to find, we are all 
on the same page now. We're, we're, we're getting there. I'm not going to say that we're all on the same page, but we are all uh, getting to a point where, yeah. where we have a, a voice here in South Texas. Equal voice. Absolutely. It's interesting you use the word colonia. In South Texas, a colonia is a small, unincorporated community. Generally, people living there are very low means, uh, poor people. Uh, a lot of times they don't even have potable water in some of these communities. And these are the ones who most need good education, good schools, and many times are overlooked for services. Absolutely. What do you see as the power of a coalition? Why is a coalition an important concept? Well, I think that, that the more you have, the more individuals that are involved, the, the more uh, information can be brought in from these agencies as well. I mean, if, if we're all on the same page and we're all going towards the direction of, let's just take the uh, education rate or the, the, the dropout rate, if you will. If we're all on the same page and that we know that we, this needs mm -hmm. attention, and yet you have a resource center that, for example, like START, we, we focus on GED and ESL, and, and were it up to us, we wouldn't have that agency. I'll be very honest with you. I'm, a, I'm on that staff, but we would rather that the students complete their education in a public school system, mm -hmm. but that doesn't always happen. And so when the idea of this coalition was that we can bring a resource from this particular group, whereas maybe an organization like Lupe uh, or Arise can bring a different perspective. And when you bring all these uh, individuals together and you're trying to advocate for the same issue, whether it's education, whether it's dropout rate, then you have more opportunity to create change. What do you think is of a coalition like yours mm -hmm to the actual public school system, or is there none? I think there are some similarities, but I think the differences are greater in that there isn't maybe the, the ISD, the school district mentality. There is a, an opportunity that a, a normal working parent or a community resource agency that is not dictated to, if you will, by the politics of the school system, whether it be a local school system or the state, you know, the, whatever happens mm -hmm. at the state level, but this allows business people, this allows community leaders, this allows parents, just regular parents, to, to be involved in something that, that is going to advocate for the change in their children's education. And that's why these organizations are important. Hmm. Up to now, you mentioned the PTA, uh, one of the organizations that arise. And each of your organizations has a slightly different focus. I know right. you mentioned the group in Brownsville. They do health outreach. Lupe is a farm worker-based organization, Correct. right, that has other kinds of services. You teach ESL. You have citizenship classes and stuff like that. So each organization has a, a slightly different focus or looks at it differently. What you all have had in common in this coalition is that you put education on the front burner, Absolutely. right? No matter what else you do, education. What do you see have the benefits from, for, have been for you from your point of view of your agency in connecting with these other different groups that perhaps are providing different services or are working in different ways? Well, one of the advantages, um, again, because, because we are started out as a, as a literacy center, mm -hmm. Um, a lot of what we are learning to do at our agency is a lot more advocacy. We, we are a uh, center that, uh, well, we center on, on programs and services and curriculum and classes. And so it's very structured in that way. Yeah. However, there are uh, a number of other agencies that we have learned from, for example, that, that brought in the Promotora model to us mm -hmm. because we realize 
that in order to, to truly be a, a community resource center, not only do we need people coming into the center, but we need outreach obviously going out into the community. So these are some of the things that we've learned how to, to change and, and work with, uh, with the start. That's interesting. You mentioned the promotora. You know, you are based in San Benito, and at some of your meetings, school district personnel who do parent outreach have visited you. What is the difference that you generally see between how schools do parent involvement and the promotora model? Do you see any differences? Well, typically what we have found, and, and through some of the experience that we have in conversations that we have with our own participants at the START Center, has been that a lot of what the uh, parental involvement uh, folk do at the school level, uh, which is needed, it, it is needed support for the school, but it is a lot of creating sales for cookies and, and cakes and, you know, kind of the breakfast taco mentality. And what we want to do is take our parents out of that mentality. There's nothing wrong with that. All of that has to be done uh, to support the school. And it's just, it's just being a good parent. But I think the better of that is that the parents are educated. They have a voice. They have an equal voice with a teacher and they are not necessarily dictated to, but that there's a conversation that develops from the school district administration and the parent, not so much a, a dictatorial type of policy. That fits right in with our family leadership model, and you have been certainly a very strong ally in that. IDRA has found your organization, you specifically, is a wonderful partner because you, you represent several things. You come from a lay experience outside of education. You bring that. You have a strong advocacy. And uh, more than anything, it's this attitude towards your own community where there is respect for the blue-collar worker, you know, for the every individual, and you value their input. And that, that alone, I think, is, is a very powerful thing. Jose, thank you for the conversation, and we might have other conversations with you about this. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to IDRA Class Notes. For more information on IDRA and other Class Notes topics, go to www.idra.org. You can also send us your thoughts by email to podcast at idra.org.